Hey there everyone, this is Clay and we are live here. Uh, if you're joining me live, it is Monday. I hope you're having a great Monday wherever you may be in this world. Uh, today we're going to be talking about how to make a relationship work. And uh, if at any time you're interested in more about this topic, uh, you'd probably love our book, Be Loved for Who You Are, which again you can find out over at uh, modernlove.life slash book, modernlove.life slash book. And before we begin, I just want to let you know that if you like this channel, if you like what we're talking about here, you know, please give us a thumbs up. Please feel free to subscribe and please feel free to hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button if you're on YouTube um, so that you can get notifications when we go live in the future. So when it comes to making a relationship work, there are two ways to do this. Now there's the ideal way and then there's the, hey, I'm in the middle of things already way. Um, so let's talk about the ideal way first and then we'll get into the the, the more complicated way. So the ideal way that you make a relationship work is that you have a clear vision in your mind of the kind of person that you want to be in a relationship with and the kind of relationship that you want to have and that you go out and actively seek out that kind of person and that kind of relationship and if you encounter somebody who isn't congruent with that type of relationship or that way of thinking or that way of being that you can say hey you're a great person nothing wrong with you nothing wrong with me it's just I don't think we would make a great couple together and that's not something that a lot of people um, can really feel comfortable doing because for better or worse um, a lot of people just approach relationships by kind of stumbling into them and then um, um, just trying to hang on for dear life, trying to make them work, even if they don't really share a lot of values with one another and even if they don't um, have a lot of compatibility with one another. So it's, it's you know, if, if you are single right now, that's what I would recommend to you, okay, is to do all of these things that we've talked about in the previous videos from last week and probably many other videos that I'll be making in the future. But... Um, you know, I know that not everybody is in that particular situation. You know, sometimes maybe you're you're married, you've got kids or something like that, and the relationship is not doing so great, and you don't just want to like pull the plug and you know tear your whole family apart, and you just want to kind of make things work. So this brings us to the more complicated way to make a relationship work. Um, and w once again, if this is, I'm going to do my best to to do this topic justice in this video, but this is a very complicated, very big topic that people have written lots of books on, and I wrote a book on it, you know, be loved for who you are over at modernlove.life slash book. Um, but I'm going to do my best, and this might end up being a bit of a longer video, but I'll keep going until I uh, feel that I've done this justice or until the battery on this camera dies, uh, whatever happens first. Um, so, okay, so if you are in a situation where you're in a relationship and it's not working out, the first thing you want to do is look at how you are bringing yourself to the relationship, how you are communicating with your partner. Are you being present with each other? Are you zoned out on your phones when you come home at night? Are you accepting of one another? Are you really able to see the world from their point of view? Are you willing to take that, uh, so to speak, cognitive position of shifting your 
perspective to see things from their point of view so that you can actually connect with one another? Are you able to actually be vulnerable with one another so that you can build trust with one another? Are you able to uh, communicate in a clear and effective way where you're you know, turning towards each other as opposed to turning away from each other, zoning out on your phone and all of that? Um, these are really the advanced relational skills that I talk about in our videos, in our training programs, in uh, the book, Be Loved for Who You Are, um, in, in all kinds of places. And this is a great uh, foundation to making things work because how you bring yourself to an interaction is incredibly important and how you bring yourself to a relationship is incredibly important in, uh, you know, obviously making the interaction feel good, building that emotional foundation that would allow a relationship to work, that would allow it to last. And so um, you gotta look at how you're bringing yourself to the interactions and to the relationship. Um, and I know that there's a lot of room for people to say, well, hey, what about the other person? Don't, don't they need to step it up to, you know, relationships aren't, are, are supposed to be 50-50, aren't they? And it's true, it would be ideal if the other person, you know, would, would meet you where you're at. That's not always gonna be the case though. And um, if, if that's the case and you're not willing to to you know, shoulder that responsibility yourself, you have to look at, okay, is it worth it for me to stay in this interaction? Is it worth it for me to stay in this relationship? Is it worth it for me to continue with this person who, for one reason or another, may not be open or willing to work with me, to show up in a way where we can be cooperative with one another, and all of that stuff. And if if it's not worth it for you, which is totally fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it not being worth it for you. You know, we all have our own values. We all have our own limits to what we can put up with and all that. Um, and if that's the case, then you have to be willing to say, hey, I love myself enough to step out of this relationship. I love myself and my children enough to set an example for them of what healthy boundaries and what a healthy relationship looks like, okay? and because, you, you know, if you have kids or something, they're, they're watching how you're acting in your relationship. They're watching how you're behaving in your relationship. And they're going to be absorbing that and taking that in and using that when they get old enough to make their own choices about their relationships and the lives that they're going to live. Um, so don't just think like, oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just put up with whatever and, uh, you know, hopefully the kids will do better. Like you, you, you can't just do that, you have to lead by example. The best way that you can set a great example and a great uh, future for your kids is to lead by example. That's something that I'm learning myself uh, as a new parent. Um, so yeah, that's the advanced relational skills. Additionally to that, when you get into a relationship, you wanna go 100% in. You wanna go all the way in. Um, a lot of problems that happen in relationships happen because people are not 100% in the relationship. Instead, they are partially in the relationship. They're like halfway committed. They've got like one foot back and towards the door. Well, they're like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna test things out. And if you're cool, then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna commit all the way. But you know, I, I might just kind of like keep this like secret Tinder account over here on the side or something like that. Or I might, um, you know, flirt with other people or I might uh, do whatever. But that's where a lot of bad things happen. Um, 
and it, bad things can show up in all kinds of different ways. Cheating, fighting, lack of trust, all sorts of things. Um, and it comes from really not being 100% fully committed. And if you're in a relationship, I would recommend that you be 100% in the relationship. That way you can see if the relationship actually does work, if it actually is possible for the two of you to work together and to create a life that is meaningful and rewarding and fulfilling for you and you know, any children that may be involved in all that stuff too. Um, if you're 100% committed and it doesn't work out, then you can you know, step out and say, okay, I gave it my all. I put 100% in and it didn't work and that's okay. But if you're just only willing to go halfway in, then you'll never fully know. You'll never 100% know if it's gonna work or not. So you might as well just go all the way in, and if it works, great, keep it up. If it doesn't work, hey, you know, cut your losses at, at the, you know, whatever it is, three months, six months, whatever, that you actually were 100% in, and go find somebody that you can be 100% in with and have it actually work out, okay? So that is the second thing. Uh, you want to be 100% in a relationship if you are gonna be in the relationship, right? Um, and of course, I mean emotionally, of course, I mean like physically, like if you're sleeping with other people, obviously you're not 100% in the relationship unless you set that up beforehand to have like an open relationship, a polyamorous relationship or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, if you didn't set that up beforehand and the person walks in expecting a monogamous relationship, then they're gonna obviously have a hard time. They're obviously gonna be a little bit frustrated thinking that it was some kind of like bait and switch or something like that. So if you are gonna do something unconventional, like you know an open relationship, then sure, you can do that, but you wanna set it up ahead of time. You wanna set it up before the two of you say, yeah, let's be boyfriend and girlfriend, or let's get married, or whatever it may be. So um, that's important. And the, the last thing is that you really want to learn how to come together as a, as a we instead of a me. Okay, now what do I mean by this? So, as we go through our lives, we have this individuality that we take on. Um, most of us get it as we're going through adolescence, as we're teenagers, as we're coming out of the school system and going into the real world, whether that means, hey, I'm in college on my own, or hey, I graduated from high school and now I'm like a, a real adult with a real job and real rent to pay and all that. Um, and we go through this period in our times, in our adolescence and into our 20s even, where we're trying to discover who we are as a person. We're trying to discover who we are as an individual. And so, you know, it, it's common for a lot of people to try different things, to do different things, to, in many cases, um, make a lot of mistakes and do things that maybe they regret, especially in their 20s. Like, I don't think I know really anybody who just lived a, a life full of not doing stupid things in their 20s. Um, and so th I think that's normal. That's part of how you discover who you are. But as you start to be okay with that, who you are, and as you come into a relationship, you have to, to a certain extent, obviously keep who you are, keep your identity. There's important reasons for that we'll get to. Um, but you want to come together into a we, not just a me, right? And so maybe the best way to explain this is through an example. So 
like my wife and I, we had a baby um, about eight months ago. And um, it has, you know, there, there are a lot of chores and a lot of demands that a baby will have on um, a family, on a couple such as, you know, taking care of the baby, feeding the baby, cleaning up after the baby, doing laundry, doing other household chores like dinner, doing the dishes, um, all sorts of other things, uh, making sure the bills are paid, taking the car in for repairs, all, you know, like pretty much everything, right? And for us, at least, um, the, the whole process of being parents has caused us to, for many days, to just be kind of in this role of doing chores, doing chores. You know, I come home from, from work, from the office here, and it's like, okay, we need somebody to cook dinner. We need somebody to do all these dishes. We need somebody to, you know, got to play with the kid, got to gotta build up that, that actual bond and connection. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, wow, it's like 9 or 10 o'clock, and I have, like, just been on the go ever since I walked through the door. Or, you know, for her probably, just ever since you left the door, I've been on the go for, like, hours and hours. And it's easy for your ego to say, you know what, man, I've had a hard day at work. I don't want to cook dinner. I don't want to figure this out. I just want to uh, watch something on TV. I want to zone out. I want to do some, like, whatever on my phone. I want to read a book or something, right? And that's, that's the me part talking. And, again, that me part is absolutely important, and it's something that should be acknowledged and recognized and nourished in its own way. But when you are in a relationship you have to understand that there's something more than just one individual and one individual and them i don't know being intimate with one another when it's convenient right it's it's also about this this third thing that's created which is the dynamic between the two of you and um that dynamic needs to work right and so there are times when i come home from work and i'm tired and I'm exhausted as I may very well be from doing stuff like these videos and all the back-end stuff that you guys don't see um, and my ego may want to just chill out my ego may want to just relax but I know that in order to be a good husband and a good parent sometimes I just need to suck it up and cook some dinner sometimes I just need to suck it up and clean up the kitchen sometimes I just need to suck it up and do this or do that, right? And that's part of letting go of the me and embracing the we. Because often, and like I see this so much, I see this so much as people will keep score in relationships. And like one of the one of the most common places that people love to keep score is when it comes to texting. <laughs> you know, like who's initiating contact more, or or things like that. And Keeping score, I mean, like, it would be so easy to be like, oh, I cooked dinner last night, or I cleaned up the last thing, or I, you know, I, I cooked dinner, therefore I shouldn't have to clean up the kitchen. You should clean up the kitchen because we used to have this arrangement where, like, if you cooked, then the other one would clean, or if you clean, then the other one would cook, or something like that. But at a certain point, you have to just kind of let go of that and say, okay, my family needs dinner to happen, so... I need to just suck it up and do it. My family needs the whatever cleaned up, I just need to suck it up and do it, right? And if you can do that, if you can separate your ego from what this new dynamic is, then you can actually create the space to have something that works. You know, like what's actually more important for you? 
not cooking dinner because you are tired or just doing it and having a great connection with everybody, right? Like ultimately, I think you just want to have a good connection with the people in your life. You want to have a great relationship. You want to have a great marriage if you're married. You want to have a great family if you have a family. Um, and that's what you want, most likely, if you talk to your higher self. Now, you know, sure, some people might be like, yeah, I, I just want to, like, chill out with a beer or something. And sure, that may be something that you want in the moment. That may be something that's comfortable. That may be something that's enjoyable. But I think on a bigger picture, if you were to step back from comfort and from uh, simple things like that, you would be able to say, okay, what I really want deep beneath all of that is for us to all love each other and for us to be close to each other and for us to have a great connection with one another. And if you can do that, you can set aside your momentary egoic uh, comforts, so to speak, or pulls, and you can look at something bigger than that. And as you can do that, that's what's going to help you to actually create a, a dynamic that works, okay? And again, this is all based off of the idea that both of you can come together, both of you are willing to work as a team, both of you have similar values, both of you are able to bring yourselves to each other in a way that's compassionate and understanding, both of you are able to uh, be all the way in the relationship, okay? Like if you just got somebody who's just zonked out on their phone all the time and they just uh, are not contributing, then that's a big problem, especially if you're not able to like really handle all of that, right? And so if that's the case, then you have to say, okay, like I mentioned before, is this something that I'm willing to put up with? If it is, great, put up with it. Don't complain about it anymore. Go live a happy life. If it is something that is a problem and you're not willing to put up with it, then you have to step into that discomfort, love yourself, set a good example for the kids and all that, and end the relationship if it's not working and create the space in your life for one that is working, okay? So this is obviously a very complex issue. I think I've just probably scratched the surface on all of this and maybe we can delve deeper into some of these topics in other videos. I see that we've had a lot of comments that have showed up. Um, I'll do my best to answer a couple of questions. I probably will not get to all of them. I know like from, from the viewer's standpoint, the YouTube live, Thing. Uh, you know, you can see all the comments and they look really ordered and clean and everything like that. But from my side of things, they just come up as these little bubbles on the side and I can see them for a couple seconds and then they vanish. Um, and I can try to scroll back through the old ones and let's see what's going on. Um, somebody is asking a question. There's like a follow-up with that. Let me see if I can find the root question here. Let's just go to the beginning, see if we can answer a couple questions. Um, Uh, yeah, somebody says, how about a collaboration? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. I mean, we, can, we can talk about that, you know. Go ahead and shoot us an email, hello at modernlove.life. We can see if we can set something like that up. Uh, I found out my boyfriend left me because I became boring and his new girlfriend threw herself at him. Okay, so if, if there's this issue of boringness in a relationship and what that is, is when people stop discovering one another and they start to they start to label and characterize the other person in a certain way 
right? So you might say, oh, well, she's just boring. You know, all she ever does is, I don't know, read books or whatever. And, you know, you might want to go out, you might want to party or something like that, right? And if that's the case, then you need to understand that she's not just being boring for the sake of being boring. Like, it's, it's like whatever she's doing is interesting to her. Whatever she's doing is meaningful to her. And if you can peel back that layer of boringness and look at how she's being, what she's interested in, what's going on with her, you can actually take an interest in it and you can actually uh, create an emotional connection there. And, you know, sure, you may want different things. And part of having a great relationship is making that shift from a me to a we. So, you know, yeah, maybe you might have to put down the book every once in a while and go out and party with him. And he might have to stay in once in a while and just have some little like introvert time or something like that, whatever, whatever your differences may be. And, you know, that's definitely something that I've uh, had to do in my life. I'm like, you know, introvert level 9,000. And um, like uh, back in 2017, my wife and I, uh, we went to, I'm going to try and keep the explanation to this as simple as possible because it's really kind of a complicated thing. But we went to live in Barcelona for a month at what was essentially a giant self-improvement party. And when you get a lot of self-improvement type folk together, they will often, as I discovered, uh, go out drinking and dancing and partying all night. And um, I mean, like, that's just not really my thing. Um, number one, I, I have a hard time, like having a connection with people is really important to me and I have a hard time doing that in like really loud club environments where you can't hear other people talk. Um, I do not consider myself a great dancer. Um, and I also am an introvert, so my energy level starts to decline as the night goes on. But, you know, I wanted to experience it and I wanted to be supportive of her, so I would go out to some of these things. But, you know, when, when the party keeps going after 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. or something like that, I really start to run out of gas. So I need to know what my limits are. And I need to say, okay, hey, you know, you go out and party, you're with people that you trust, you know you're gonna be safe and all that stuff. I'm gonna go back home and try to get to sleep before the sun comes back up or something like that. And so, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to make sure that both of you can work together. And if you can work together, you have to start to function as a we instead of a me, okay? Um, that was that comment or question. Wow, there's a lot of comments. Thanks for all these comments, guys. This is actually really cool. Um, let's see, Clay just wanted to say thank you for every video that you made. You opened my eyes. And, wow, thank you so much. You're, you uh, are very grateful for um, my help. Well, thank you so much. That's, that's really cool. Like I said in one of the previous videos, this is actually really um, humbling for me because, again, I'm, I, you know, I'm not some, like, super awesome person. I mean, I started this YouTube channel just by grabbing a camera and going to a nearby park and filming some videos. Like, that, that, that's just how I started. I, I, I still have like a really ordinary life in a lot of respects. You know, I wake up, drink coffee, get some meditation, go to work, get some things done, come home, play with the kids, or one kid. I don't know why I said kids. Um, play with the kid and uh, you know, do some husband stuff and all that. Like it, my day-to-day my -day life is actually pretty boring, even though I guess if you look at it from a distance, it seems like really interesting, you know, going to party in Barcelona for a month. Um, 
Uh, Clay, I know you got your ex back from a guy before, but how do you get over the fact of them sleeping together, especially if she says, uh, if we make out way back to each other and agree and, and regrets what happened? I, I don't understand the last part, but if you are emotionally having a hard time with the idea that um, your ex uh, girlfriend, boyfriend, um, is sleeping with someone else. Um, that's because there's still a part of you that still sees the two of you as a we, and you still are attached to that person on that level. And it's, I know it's, it's extremely difficult, but you have to start by emotionally accepting that the breakup happened, that the two of you did break up, that um, the two of you are not in a relationship anymore. And because of that, any kinds of agreement of uh, being exclusive or something like that is just gone, right? And it's tough, but you have to be okay with that. And you have to be willing to sit with that pain and you have to be willing to allow it to transmute, I guess for lack of a better word, into acceptance, okay? Because there are a lot of things in this life that can cause emotional pain. This, of course, would be an example of one of them. Um, but you're not going to get anywhere when you resist what's actually happening. When you're saying, no, this isn't happening, this shouldn't happen, I can't believe this is happening, I can't bear that this is happening. You are essentially creating emotional distress for yourself by doing that. And you're also simultaneously not changing anything in the world around you. Um, what is more empowering is to learn how to step into a place of emotional acceptance where you can accept reality the way that it is, even if it's not the way that you want it to be. You can accept that what is happening is actually happening. And suddenly, instead of all of that energy going to push away what is happening, you can actually put it towards something productive, such as, okay, what is it that I want to happen? How can I actually create an emotional connection with this person? How can I uh, actually enjoy my own life or something like that? And this is, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult process, but you can do it. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not impossible, but you know, it, you know, I totally understand how you might uh, feel that way with your ex is uh, sleeping with someone else. Let's see if we, this is kind of turning into a long video. Um, again, I, I, I can't see all of your questions organized in a neat orderly sort of way. Um, the way that you probably can, but I'll see if I can find a nice question. Um, I'm guessing this channel is only for people that are in contact with each other or able to reach. I mean, like, if you're not able to reach out, like if you've just been blocked in every channel whatsoever and you don't know their address and you don't know their phone number and you don't know their email address or something like that, I mean, like, I, I really don't know what to tell you. If you literally have no way of contacting somebody, then there's just no way to contact them. And you are just at the whims of them contacting you in some way. And uh, that, that, I mean, that's just the, the fact of the matter. If you have some sort of channel of communication, by all means use it. I know a lot of people like to use texting, but if they've been blocked on text, then they just kind of give up. But hey, you know, you have all these other ways of reaching out. You know, if you need to, you can actually pick up the phone and call them. You can reach out to them via some sort of social media account or email or uh, write them a letter or something like that. Um, don't just go with the, the, the easiest one out there. You can also go with what is actually available, what is available for you to um, um, 
contact each other with. Okay, let's see if we can get one more. Uh, that's somebody just saying thank you. I don't want to read these out loud until after I scan them because I don't want to accidentally like read a troll comment or something. Um, <laughs> so that's why I'm just having this dead air here. Is it worth trying with my ex after months apart? She has a new partner but wants to meet this week. Okay, so first of all, do you want to get back together with your ex? If you do, then, and if you are emotionally okay with meeting up with your ex, then sure, by all means, go ahead and do it. Um, if you believe that you can have a great high-quality interaction with them and that the two of you can come together again, then yeah, go ahead and meet up with them. It sounds like your ex is open to it. Um, your, your ex is open to exploring what might be possible with you. Um, I mean, you, you don't really know exactly what the quality of their new relationship is. Maybe it's falling apart. Maybe it's uh, maybe it already has fallen apart. Maybe they're not connecting in, in a certain way. Maybe your ex had grasses greener syndrome and they thought, oh, hey, things are going to be much better in this other relationship, but now it's like a living hell for one reason or another. And so they're like, hey, I, I, I miss, uh, you know, so-and-so. Maybe we should get together for coffee and see what's going on, see if they would even consider taking me back after every ounce of pain that I put them through or something like that. And if you believe that you can have a good connection with them, then yeah, go for it. If you don't think that you're in a, in a place emotionally where you can have a good connection with them, then I would probably recommend not doing it um, just because you're probably likely gonna do more harm than good by you know doing something that, that you later regret or something along those lines. Um, but, but yeah, don't worry too much about the, the other relationship because you don't really know where they stand. All you know is that maybe they're in a relationship or something like that. Uh, maybe you see some things on Facebook, but but like, again, you don't want to judge reality from Facebook because Facebook is just how people uh, want you to perceive their life. Facebook is not an actual representation of reality. People often you know, play up the good things on Facebook and sort of downplay or omit entirely the bad things on Facebook because they just want to seem like they have it all together on Facebook or on you know, Instagram or some other social media platform. So um, if you want to see what's possible with them, then by all means, go ahead and meet up and uh, figure out what's going on. Figure out if the two of you can connect. Figure out if there's a possibility between the two of you. So anyway, guys, uh, that's this video. It's getting kind of long, but um, yeah, if you want to learn more about how to make a relationship work, you might want to check out the book, Beloved for Who You Are. It's over at modernlove.life book. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, everybody, for 